answer to that one. Genesis 1 and 26, God said, let us. Now, us there, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, you know, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible said, let us. We believe in one God, but he's manifested in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Notice that dominion or authority. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So notice God made man in his image and he gave him authority here in the earth. Okay? Now look at chapter 2, verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely, what? Surely die. That one word there, die, explains why there's death, destruction, poverty, and evil in the world. You understand that the devil came in the form of a serpent, tempted Eve, she was deceived, the man was not deceived, Adam was not deceived. You understand that? He full well knowing what he was doing. God warned him, in the day you eat thereof, you'll surely die. And he yielded to the devil. He ate of that fruit. And when he and his wife ate of the fruit, death entered in. Is that right? He sinned right there, didn't he? And and right there, the devil gained access into the realm of this earth as it pertains to authority. Man gave the authority of this earth over to the devil And when he ate of that tree, death entered in. Why is there death? Why is there destruction? Why is there poverty? Why is there evil in, in, in the world? Why? Why does God allow it? Well, right there. You know, why does God allow it? Well, he gave man free choice, didn't he? He gave the authority of this planet over to Adam. And then Adam willfully gave it over to the devil. So that answers a whole lot right there. In the day you eat thereof, you'll surely, what? You'll surely die. Notice Psalms 115, verse 16. Psalms 115, verse 16. Notice this. Just kind of restates what we've already said here. Psalm 115, verse 16. The heaven, the heaven, even the heavens are whose? The Lord's. But the earth, he has given to the children of men. See that? See, and and there's another scripture that says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We're not talking about ownership of the earth. We're talking about the authority. Do you understand that? It's like if someone rents an apartment. Who owns the apartment? The landlord, right? But the renter that rents it has some authority in there, correct? Do you understand? How, how many? Is that right? 
And so God owns the earth. The earth is the Lord's fullness thereof. But he gave the authority to this planet over to Adam, over to man. You understand that? And then, of course, Adam and his wife, they sinned and turned that authority over to the devil. But notice here, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Remember Jesus prayed, he said, your will, he prayed to the Father, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given over to the children of men. You need to understand that we're answering the question, why is there death? Why is there destruction? Why is there evil? Look at Luke 4, verse 5. Look at Luke 4, verse 5. Remember when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness? And there was much that went on there, but I just want to look at one part of it here. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. The devil taking him, that is Jesus, up on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, the devil said to Jesus, All this authority I will give you, and their glory. For this has been delivered to me. How did the devil get it? From who? From Adam. This has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. See that? Now, Jesus didn't, uh, didn't dispute that point right there. He didn't dispute that point. Where did the devil get the authority to this planet? Where did he get it from? He got it from Adam. Where did Adam get it from? Adam got it from God. And so then, Adam having it from God, he gave it to the, to the devil, didn't he? Didn't he? So when you get the devil mixed up in something, and you get man in a fallen state mixed up with the devil in the middle of something, you've got a mess on your hands, don't you? Don't you have a mess on your hands? And so people want to ask the question, why is there death and destruction and and all kinds, what is there, poverty and lack and sickness and disease and, and, and all these horrible things going on in the earth? Well, there's your answer. But you know what? There's some good news. Look at Matthew 28, verse 18. Look at Matthew 28, verse 18. I always like good news. Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus, this was after he was raised from the dead came and spoke to them, to his disciples, saying, All, all what? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So Jesus, through his death on the cross and his shed blood, his, his resurrection from the dead, remember he, he got the keys of hell and of death, didn't he? And he, he defeated the Bible says, principalities and powers, and made a show of them openly when he was raised from the dead. And that authority that, that Adam had given to the devil, Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection from the dead, he came and got it back, took it back. Amen? Is that wonderful? And so authority, that authority then has been given back to, 
to us as believers. Isn't that wonderful? So then somebody says, well, since we as believers have authority, how come there's still bad things going on? Well, did you know that most Christians that I've dealt with don't even realize they have authority? Do you realize that? See, if you attend here and, and there's other good churches in, in the area and in the nation that understand some things about the authority of the believer, you know, that's wonderful. But we have a great advantage. There's so many Christians. I'm talking about people that they're, they're born again. They really love the Lord. But they're just, they, they, they have never been taught about authority. Do you understand that? And uh, so then, why are people destroyed? Having said what I've, what I've just said, look at Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Now, you may need the table of contents to find that in your Bible. We don't turn there very often, although uh, we should, I guess. It's an excellent book of the Bible. I really like the book of Hosea. But notice in Hosea 4, verse 6, answers us, a further question, why are people destroyed? Why are Christians very oft times destroyed? We're answering the question, why, this morning? Why? Why are people destroyed? Why are Christians destroyed? Why are God's people destroyed? Notice Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. God says, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. That answers a bunch of questions right there, doesn't it? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Why are people destroyed? Why are God's people destroyed? Huh? For what? Lack of knowledge. Uh, let's talk about a natural example in the everyday life in which we live. Somebody might ask the question of a person that has died of a heart attack. Why did they die of a heart attack? Well, you come to find out the person that died ate a couple of Big Macs every day. How many of you know that's not good for you? Huh? How many likes Big Macs? Okay, I got more people to raise their hand on that one than weeding and cutting grass. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a Big Mac once in a while, but if you, if you eat them every day or regularly, that just can't be good for you. And then you come to find out that person was a, was a, was a heavy smoker. Huh? Now that's not good for your heart, is it? And then you come to find out the person didn't exercise regularly. Well, then why did they die of a heart attack? Well, if, if you've got one or more of those things going on, you pretty well have your answer, don't you? Huh? How many of you know uh, casting calories out of cake in the name of Jesus doesn't work? <laughs> well, I wish it did. Well... Didn't they know eating Big Macs was wrong? And, and not wrong, isn't it right? Wasn't good for them? 
I don't know why I'm picking on Big Macs. I hope Ronald McDonald doesn't sue me. Well, if they didn't know, uh, my, my dad died of a heart attack at 52 years old, and I remember, he, I was seven years old, I remember when he came home, he'd, he'd eat steaks almost every night, and nothing wrong with that, I guess, but my mother fried him in the old uh, the Crisco and the, the, the heavy fat stuff, and and, and there was a lot, and my dad, I remember, he liked the fat, eating the fat, that what tastes good, but it's not good for the arteries, you know. He smoked real heavy, he never exercised. But see, now back then, I, he didn't know what we know now. About, I, I don't believe this, back in 71. Whatever the case may be, we've learned a lot since then. But uh, we're destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Then a lot of times on this, uh, don't you just, should I keep on with this example here of, you want me to change to a different example? Well, yeah, somebody might say, well, yeah, they knew Big Macs was bad for them, but they kept eating them anyway. So they knew, but they didn't do. There's a lot of, there's a lot of newing and no doing. Did you know that? I wish I had a dollar for every time somebody sat in my office and they said, well, I, I, you know, I know I shouldn't have done that, Pastor, but I did it anyway. Have you ever been there? Have, have you ever known that you shouldn't do something, done it anyway? Have you ever known you shouldn't eat that extra piece of cake and you did it anyway? Huh? Why am I picking on eating today? I don't know. There's a lot of newing and not doing going on, you know? And there's so many verses in the Bible that tells us that if we know to do good and we don't do it, that it's, it's wrong. There's so many verses in the Bible that tell us that if, if we just hear the Word of God or we just hear some good information on medical, medical things, and, you know, to know it, to hear it, know it's not enough. Right? We have to do it. Is that correct? How many, how many of you would agree with me on that? And so we're asking the question, why would somebody die of a heart attack? Why would, you know, sometimes there's some, some answers to these things. You got a person that they, you know, they eat right, they exercise and, you know, all of that, and they still die of a heart attack or something of that nature, then, you know, you might ask, well, do they have a genetic problem? And, and beyond that, we go to Deuteronomy 29.29. Deuteronomy 29:29. Well, they ate right. They didn't. They didn't smoke. They didn't. You know, they exercised. They didn't have any of the risk factors, and and something bad still happened. Pastor, why? 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 Well, Deuteronomy 29 verse 29 helps with this question of why. I believe it'll help you. It's helped me over the years. The, the Bible says the secret things belong to who? To the Lord. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are, what, are revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of this law. So there's some secret things and there's some things that are revealed. There's some secret things and then there's some things that are revealed. So if, if something has been revealed to us, now we're using this example of eating Big Macs and 
you know, risk factors of a heart attack. You know, if somebody's, you know, eating Big Macs regularly, eating wrong, they're not exercising, these kinds of things, and, you know, then, then, then we have our answers to why something bad happened. But what, what do we do when we don't have answers? What do we do when everything, as far as we know, is just hunky-dory? Do you know what I mean when I say hunky-dory? How many knows what I mean when I say it's just, everything's just, just cool? And something bad still happens. And we seemingly have no answers, no revelation on it. Well, did you know there's some secret things? I said there's some secret things. The Bible says there's some secret things. And those things belong to the Lord. And if He chooses not to reveal these things to us, then they're secret things. Did you know you can drive yourself absolutely crazy trying to figure out these secret things that belong to the Lord? And so we just need to get to a point where, hey, they're secret things. They belong to the Lord, and they're just going to be secret. And we just go on and walk in the light that we do have. Amen? You know, if an accident occurs because of drinking or texting, how many of you know drinking and driving is a bad combination? It just is. How many of you know texting and driving is a bad combination? I, I, the other day I saw a, 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 a lady, a fellow wouldn't do this driving a car. Pick on, oh, I'm going to get in trouble now. <laughs> no, I've seen fellows do it too. But she had, she, she was, she had a cigarette in one hand and she had, she had uh, uh, her text her phone in the other. And she was trying to drive the vehicle with her leg. And I'm thinking, this is just not good. And so I did the smart thing. I just got, I went, I got, I got, I sped up and got, what did I do? No, I held back. I let her pass me. I'd rather be behind her. That's what I did. A smart move on my part, wasn't it? But you see, when, when, that person causes an accident. Why did the accident happen? Well, we're, we're answering the question, why? We have our answers, don't we? Is that right? Because they were drinking or texting or combing their hair or... One thing I never have understood is, is, is I, I love pets. I don't think, this is my personal opinion, I don't think a pet ought to be on your lap when you're driving a car. I, it's not safe for you, other people. It's not safe for your pet. You still love me? But you know, if something like that's going on, there's an accident. But you know, we, we, can, we can answer the question pretty easy. But there's been lots of accidents happen where... There's been nothing careless going on. Everything's, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and just something bad happens. What about that? On a lot of those things, almost all of those things, I don't really have any answers. I remember I did a, was asked to do a funeral years ago for a young lady. It was a granddaughter of, uh, of, of a couple that had attended our church for quite some time and then they had to move out of the area and in the process of time their 
their granddaughter was killed, I believe, in a car accident is what it was. And, and I researched it as best I could. There was no, you know, they didn't have texting back then. There was no drinking. There was nothing going on to my knowledge of anything. Why did it happen? And uh, uh, there were two ministers that did the, did, did the service. Uh, and the first guy got up and he, you know, and he went through some stuff and how God needed another little angel in heaven and he had his wings, you know, for the, and you know, how many of you know when human beings die and Christians go to heaven, we don't become angels, amen? You know, and all of that. And, and so I got in the pulpit and, you know, you don't want to be rude to the other fellow, but I just, you know, I didn't dispel any of his error by, by being critical to him. I just taught truth. Teaching truth dispels error, amen? And I got up and said some truthful things about from the Word of God and whatnot. And uh, do you know I found out something that a lot of times people, particularly people that have been trained a certain way, don't necessarily want to hear the truths of the Word of God. Did you hear me? And, and, and I knew that day when I, because I mean the place was just packed wall to wall, and I knew that day when I got up and, because we're dealing with the question why. Why did this girl, why did she die at this young age in this car accident? And and, uh, you know, I used Deuteronomy 29, 29. I didn't have any, any specific answers other than that I don't believe it's the will of God for a little girl like that to die at that age. Amen? The devil got in there some, some way because the thief, Jesus said, comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And when I was, when I was just going over that as lovingly as I knew how, I mean, I, knew, I think I know how Jesus felt when he preached that first message there in... in uh, in his hometown, remember, in the whole crowd. I mean, they didn't like what he was saying. How many remembers that? And they took him out afterwards to the brow of the hill and tried to throw him off. I kind of, I was wondering if I was going to get off of that funeral grounds alive that day. <laughs> they might just be doing my funeral, you know, because the crowd did not like what I had to say. Answering the question, why? And in some cases, I just, you know, you. You don't know why. The secret things belong to who? To the Lord. Secret things belong to who? To the Lord. You know, we're talking about that young lady and that had was killed in that, that accident. And we're looking here at, at some things... Uh, Ask, answering the question, why? You know one of the whys asked by children and teenagers? Why do I have to obey my godly parents? I wonder if any teenagers in here has ever asked that question. I wonder if any parents have ever had that question asked to them. Why do I have to obey you? I can give you an answer on that one. Why do I have to obey my godly parents? Because God said so. <laughs> Don't ask why beyond that. Because God said so. How many of you know He's smarter than you are? Is, is God smart? Is, he's smarter than you and me put together. Is that right? Didn't He say, "Obey your"? He said, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right." Amen. Here's another one. Kids ask sometimes. Teenagers and adults even ask this: Why do I have to go to church? <laughs> you want the answer? I'll give you the answer. Because God said so. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. Right? So you don't argue with that, do you? Is God smart? If you're going where God told you to go, then there's something at that church that God has for you. Amen? 
One day I had a parents come into my office and they, they said, I train, does the Bible say train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old will not depart from it? Is that right? And they came into the office one day and they wanted to know why. Why are my children, who I trained up in the things of God, why are they living like the devil right now? Why, 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 why? Why, 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 why? They wanted to know why. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should, and they quoted that to me. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, and not depart from it. And they said, Pastor, why are my children, who I trained up in the way, ways of God, why are they not serving the Lord? And I was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, you know. When you get caught between a rock and a hard place, you just wait, and you wait on the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the answer is right in that scripture. But they were looking at the one side of it, not the other. Train up a child in the way he should go, right? Well, I've done that. And then just on the inside of me, it just was just, just jumped out at me. And when they are old, they'll not depart from it. And I said, they're not old yet. Amen. So if you've trained up a child in the way he should go, when they're what? Old, they'll not what? So keep your faith out there. Amen? Amen. You getting anything out of this? Did you ever think about this one? Why was John the Baptist beheaded in prison and Peter was miraculously released from prison? Why? I don't know. Don't ever be afraid to tell somebody you don't know. I don't know. Was John the Baptist the greatest prophet ever born of a woman? Did Jesus say that? Was he beheaded in prison? Yeah. Was Peter in prison? Was he miraculously released? Why was one beheaded in prison and the other one was miraculously released? I don't know. Why was Stephen, remember Stephen? He was martyred, right? And he was holding the coats. I'm sorry, who was holding the coats? Who? Who? Saul was holding the coats of the people that were martyring or putting Stephen to death. Is that right? Is that right? We're talking about why here. So, so, so Stephen was martyred. Who was holding the coats of the murderers? Saul. So Stephen is put to death. But Saul becomes Paul, and though heavily persecuted, he gets to live out his whole life, doesn't he? Is that right? Why? Why, 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 why would he? Why would? Why would? Why would Paul, Saul, or Paul? Saul, he was Saul at that. Why would he get to hold the coats while they're putting Stephen to death, and then Saul gets to live out his life? I don't know. You want a speculation? Do you think Stephen's death affected Saul in any way to cause him to come to become Paul? Yeah, because Stephen died a very noble death, didn't he? Didn't he? And when, when you die, that's, I mean, that's the way to go, go into heaven, isn't it? As a Christian, have Jesus standing up. So, I mean, Stephen came out all right, didn't he? But why would the one guy get to hold the coats of the murderers? And, and Stephen's lie, he doesn't live out his days. But uh, Saul, Saul had a lot of persecution. But, you know, he didn't, as Paul, he a lot of persecution. But he didn't die, die till he was old. Is that right? Why? why, why? There's a lot of things I don't know. I said, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. 
The Bible says we're supposed to, at, at, before we're, you know, when we're dating, we're supposed to date Christians. Is that right? Or go out with Christians? We should, if we're Christians, we shouldn't go out with sinners. Is that right? Is that correct? Is that right? Don't, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Is that what the Bible says? And that's, what, that's, that's, that's true for everybody. Amen. Yet over in the Old Testament, I believe, it was, I believe it was Hosea, God told him to, I believe it was Hosea, we just read from him a moment ago, said, go, go take a wife from whoredoms. Remember that? Now why would God do that? Huh? Go marry a prostitute. Why, why would God do that? I don't know. He had a sp- specific reason for Hosea, who was a prophet of God, he had a specific thing there for him. But say this, say that's the exception, and definitely not the rule. And there's much we could say about that. I, if I had an hour, I could teach you because some people say she wasn't even a prostitute. I understand all that. But I'm just saying there, there's, there's some, some things that God, for his purposes, on a, on a, on a special uh, uh, exception will allow. But, but by and large, most people it, it doesn't apply to. If you're here today and you're not married, you shouldn't be dating anybody unless they're a Christian attending church. Did you hear me? And on fire for God. You shouldn't even even have, be nice to him, cordial. But you don't go out on a date with somebody if they're not a Christian. And on fire serving the Lord going to church. Because that's what the Bible teaches. Amen? Are you okay? But you get into why, 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 why. Sometimes you have answers. Sometimes you don't. Why is one house destroyed in, 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 in a storm and the house next door isn't? Well... Much we could say on that. How many of you know if you've attended here any uh, amount of time, we've by, don't take we don't take any credit for ourselves, but God's given us authority, hasn't He? And we've stopped more than one storm, haven't we? We've we've directed it north, south, or broke it up. Amen. So people are destroyed because of a lack of. So if you don't know you have authority in the name of Jesus, then you don't even know you can speak to the storm. Is that right? And you get destroyed. Then somebody says, well, why did God let that happen? Well, we're destroyed for a lack of what? And we've done this uh, many, many times, haven't we? Storms coming through. One day, Cindy Pressler and Kent and Dave, who I like, Dave, Murray, I like, I like them all. They had the bullseye on us, didn't they? And we used our authority. I'm not saying we're the only ones. I hope there's other churches in St. Louis that have the sense to understand some things about authority. I'm sure that they do. But I know that we do what we do. Amen. And we stand in the authority and we'll do that before we leave today because I think there's supposed to be some coming in tonight. So we give the, we give the devil in the storm a multiple choice. They can go north, go south, or break up before it gets here. Amen. I just don't believe that. Well, then go ahead and let your house get blown off the map. So what if the devil blew your roof off? Guess what? I've got a good insurance policy. See, we have to do some smart things in the natural and in the spiritual. Amen? You okay? Matthew 17. Are you getting anything out of this? I don't have all the answers. Be careful of somebody that thinks they have all the answers. 
When somebody is cocky and knew it all, they just told you how dumb they are. Is that right? Here's another question. Why didn't the Bible work for me? I did what it said do. It didn't work. Has anybody ever asked that question? Matthew 17, verse 14, When they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, Jesus, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic, suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Now, did Jesus give his disciples authority over demonic power? Yes. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless, perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long will I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon. It came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said... And said, what's that first word? Why? Why? Could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, because, so there's an answer to this one, isn't there? Because of your unbelief. They asked a question, he gave them an answer. Has anybody in this sanctuary besides me ever asked that question, why didn't the Bible work for me? I did what it said do. Why didn't it work for me? And really, when we say that, we have to understand we're talking about the Word of God, right? And when we say, why didn't the Bible work? I don't think we really realize what we're saying when we say that. We're saying, why is God at fault. Huh? Last time I looked, he is perfect. He's not at fault. Why didn't it work? Well, that's really not the right question. The right question is, why didn't we work it properly? Huh? Why didn't it work? The word always works. I said the word always works. There's a lot of times, I've found this over the years, that people are, are doing something they think the Bible said when it's not really what the Bible said at all. Huh? This is just an example. Money's the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible said. It said what? All the love. You've been taught pretty well. The love of money. But you know, I've heard people go around for years and years. Well, money is just a root of all. But that's not what the Bible said. That's why we need to keep it before us regularly. To really understand what the Bible says. Because you, if you don't do that, you can, you can listen to even good preachers on television and, and, or, or whatever, and, or your friends or whatever, and, and get their take on something. No, you need to get into the Word of God and find out what the Bible says. Right? Who's, Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, 
and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Right? Well, he, he gave them authority. They couldn't get the demon out. Why could we not cast it out? Well, they, they evidently went through the casting motions, you know, come out, leave, depart, in the name of Jesus. But they weren't doing it in faith. Is that right? And then he says, you know, besides this kind comes out not but by prayer and fasting. And fasting is not in the original text, but prayer. Evidently, they didn't have a prayer life. You can make an argument on that. But Jesus says most simply because of their what? Unbelief. So it's really not a question of, well, why didn't the word work? The question is, have we worked the word properly? Because if we'll do what it says it, 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 what it says we should do, it will work. Amen? Anything other than that's just a cop-out. Well, I didn't. It did it, and it didn't work. Well, I tithed and I didn't get, I tithed and the windows of heaven didn't just open up. So I guess it doesn't work. How many times you tithe? Well, I tried it twice. You need, me to, you need to be a tither and a giver on a consistent, ongoing basis. Amen? I gave and I didn't get a hundredfold back. You know, study it. The hundredfold actually has to do with people that have left all for the gospel's sake. It doesn't even apply to tithing and giving. It has to do with somebody that's left all for the gospel's sake. But yet I believe in sowing, reaping and sowing. Amen? And giving will be given unto you. And we don't need to put the emphasis on money. Don't go somewhere where they emphasize prosperity and money all the time. Go somewhere where they're emphasizing Jesus and the love of God. And you do that. And I believe in prosperity. I believe in that. I believe in giving and receiving. I believe in giving will be given. I believe in tithing. I believe, I believe in, in prosperity. I believe in it. I just don't believe that that should be the central focus. I, I do not believe that God wants us broke. He wants us to be blessed. I, I, I believe that, but... But we shouldn't put the, 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 that shouldn't be the central focus. Amen. But, you know, why didn't it work? Well, I, I gave and the preacher said I'd get a hundred times back. Well, read the Bible. What is the, the Bible actually says many times more. And then you do a real study into it. You see that sometimes the blessing comes on this side and what we don't get on this side, we get on the other. Amen. Amen. Here's another question. Much we could say. Why didn't the Bible work for me? Well, the Bible works. Let's don't put the blame on God. When you get right down to it, it's because we messed up somewhere. Amen. I've asked the same question. Why didn't it work for me? Why didn't it work for me? Why didn't it work for me? But if you just get cold-bloodedly honest and get in front of the mirror and, and look you'll see that you didn't work it, and I didn't work it. God's no respecter of persons. Amen? And if we'll do what it says, it'll work. I've learned this about God, too. That, 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 that what, you know, the Bible talks about faith and patience. 
Patience is the ability to wait with a good and right attitude. When you believe God, then there's a time between your believing and the physical manifestation. In the meantime, you've got to be patient. Amen? I thank God for all the times we prayed for the sick and they were instantly healed. That's fun. But I tell you what, for every one of those, I've had truckloads of them where we prayed. When we prayed in the natural, it didn't look like anything changed. But then I've had them come back with, I've even had one lady dancing in the door with her doctor's report. When we prayed for it, it didn't look like, in the natural, it didn't look like anything was different. Now, two, two weeks later, she comes dancing in the door with her doctor's report. Pre, x-ray before, x-ray after, totally healed. Isn't that wonderful? So we've got to work the Word, and then we've got to be patient. Amen? Like tithing. Well, I tithe once, and, you know, I don't have the hundredfold tomorrow. You need to understand the Word of God. It's consistency over time. Here's another one. Why are they getting away with that? Why are they getting away with that? Why is God letting them get away with that? I do, I, do, I do thus and so, and God gets on me right away, and so and so does something, and he just lets them go. Why are they getting away with that? God doesn't let me get away with anything. Huh? Why are they getting away with that? Over in, you don't have to turn there, but over in the book of Malachi, there's a group of people that were saying essentially that, you know. They said, it's, it doesn't, what, what profit is it to serve God? We serve God, we do everything we know to do, and, and those evil people over there, they're going up, and it looks like we're going backward. You know what God told him? He said, essentially, he said, just wait till the day of judgment. Wait till the whole thing ends up, and then you'll discern again between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who doesn't. I can help you with that one. The Word of God can help you. 1 Timothy 5.24, go there. 1 Timothy 5.24, go there. Amplified Bible, it'll be on the screen. The sins of some men are conspicuous. Openly evident to all eyes, going before them to the judgment seat and proclaiming their sentence in advance. But the sins of others appear later, following the offender to the bar of judgment and coming into view there. Did you know nobody's getting away with anything, including you and me? When we do things that we shouldn't do, sometimes... We get dealt with by God in the here and the now. And sometimes it's not until the judgment seat. Now here's the next, well, why is that? I don't know. I just know that nobody gets away with anything. And if we won't repent of something and put, put whatever wrong we're doing, put it away, repent of it and, ask, and confess it and ask the Lord to forgive us, he may deal with us in the here and the now. We reap what we sow, don't we? The wages of sin is, yeah, so we're either going to reap it now. If you don't get away with anything, if, if he doesn't deal with you in the here and the now, you're going to have, it's going to come up at the judgment seat. Is that right? Well, so why does God deal with some people in the here and the now and, and, and some he waits to the judgment seat? I don't know. But that doesn't only have to do with bad things, but good things. Look at verse 25. So also good deeds are evident. And conspicuous, and even when uh, they are not, they cannot remain hidden indefinitely. All this good I've done, God, when am I going to get rewarded? When am I going to get rewarded? When am I going to get rewarded? Well, sometimes you get rewarded now in this time. 
And sometimes you don't get rewarded till later. And you know, I thought about this one day. Thank God for the rewards in the here and the now. But if I had to choose, thank God for the rewards in the here and the now. But you're better off to get them later. Because those are eternal. Have you ever studied anything about Miriam and Aaron? Remember Moses had a brother and a sister, Miriam and Aaron? Remember that? And it seemed like every time Miriam did something wrong, God would just get her. Huh? Put her outside the camp and the leprosy, the whole bit. Remember that? And Aaron just went on and on and on. I mean, Aaron even made, let him make a golden calf. Is that right? And, and, and Aaron even, even said, well, uh, you know, we just threw in all that, all that jewelry and out came the calf. I mean, remember that? And he just goes on and on and on and on. And it seems like God never deals with him. Miriam, Miriam does the littlest old thing and God, huh? And, and Aaron just goes on and on and on. But there came a day after that water out of the rock the second time. There came a day when God had Moses take Aaron up on the mountain. Stripped him of all of his priestly robes. And he falls dead. Nobody's getting away with anything. Amen? Look at John 9. I, I just, just, just a few more and then we'll go. John 9. What, what is the title of this message today? John 9, verse 1. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. His disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Wow. So they were wanting to know why. Right? Why was he born blind? Tell me why. Jesus, tell us why was he born blind? Isn't that what they're really asking him? Why? And he said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Well, we understand all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? But Jesus was talking about, he, he, did, he wasn't saying that they've never sinned. He was saying that, that the parents or this man sinning didn't cause the blindness. Did you get me? Did you hear that? Now, we can trace this all the way back to the Garden of Eden when man sinned and death entered, because that's when blindness entered and all of that. We, we could certainly do that. But here in this specific instance, he's saying, well, it wasn't a result of uh, this man or, this, or, or, or his parents sinning. Do you know that's what I've noticed? Sad, sad to say. Sad to say. Sad to say. But when something hits a Christian, something bad... You know what people often... I'm talking about fellow Christians. You know what oftentimes they'll ask? I wonder why that happened. I wonder what they did to cause that to come on them. Be careful of doing that. Because guess what? If you have that attitude of, well, you know, I, I know they, they, must have let, they must have sinned and let the devil in. Guess what? The next house, I've taught you on this, the next house is getting ready to what? Fall on you. No, when you see something bad come on somebody, don't try to figure everything out. Why, 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 why? You know what you do? You get in there and restore them and help them. Is that right? Amen? Amen. So he said it wasn't, it wasn't a result of this man's sin or his parents. How many of you know there are sometimes people came to Jesus and he told them, go and sin no more lest the worst thing come on you. Sometimes it was a result of their sin. This, this case, it isn't. Right? Let's read this in the Message Bible. They'll throw that on the screen. I like this. John 9, 1 in the Message. They'll put it up on the screen. 
Look at that. John uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. Next verse, please. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents causing him to be born blind. Next verse. Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. So really, asking why isn't always the right question to ask. You're looking for someone to blame. Wow. Is that really what we're doing a lot of times when we ask why? We're looking for someone to blame. And then he says there's no such cause effect here. Look instead, look instead, look instead for what God can do. Rather than getting cumbered, cumbered down with the why, 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 why don't we rather, just, let's just look at what God can do. What did God do here? What did Jesus do? Jesus restored the man's sight. Amen? Is that wonderful? Is that wonderful? So let's don't get caught up with the why, why, why. Rather, let's look at what God can do. I'll, I'll, I'll close with this story on Job. You know, the book of Job is all about why. Real loud, say why. It's all about why. You know, Job, we come into the book of Job, he's blameless, upright, feared God, he shunned evil. He loses his wealth, his children, and his health. How many of you know that would knock you down? He was devastated, yet he worshipped God and charged God with no wrong. That's a pretty good man there, isn't it? The Bible says he did not sin with his lips, he did not speak against God. So the question then is, why did all those bad things happen to Job? And chapter after chapter, Job and his quote-unquote friends, I don't really want to have any friends like Job had. Why, 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 why? And, you know, there's some reasons that people have stated over the years as to why Job had all those problems. You know, God had a hedge built around him, and, and, and of course the devil couldn't get in. You understand that because there was a hedge of protection. And there's a scripture there that Job says, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, so... If you want to teach a message on fear, you could go there and, you know, the dangers of fear and say, well, it was because of fear that that hedge was compromised. And maybe there's a truth there. I wouldn't say that there's not a truth there. But yet, God said after, after that, I mean, in the context, he said that Job was blameless. So we can't really say for sure that it was because he feared Although I know fear is, a, is, is an enemy. Uh, I've said this over the years. God wanted to show Satan, the devil, that there was a man that would serve God no matter what. Truth there, but still. Why, 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 why? Why did he lose, his, why did he lose all of his, his wealth? Why did he lose his children? Why did he lose his health? Why, 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 why? And do you know that after chapter, after chapter, after chapter, after chapter, God finally spoke up out of the whirlwind. And you know God never gave him a direct answer. But you know what he tells Job's quote-unquote friends? He says, my anger is aroused against you, for you have not spoken of me what is right. A lot of times when we're in the why, 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 we'll speak things about God. Our words can be harsh against him and we'll say things about him that's not right. And then God says to Job, he says, you've spoken words about me without knowledge. Well, God killed that little girl in that car accident. How many of you know God didn't do that? When somebody says that, they're speaking without knowledge. They may just not know that God's not a killer, is he? 
And when God got, gets done talking, you know what Job does? Because God goes on for a couple of chapters. And you know when God gets done talking, you know what Job does? We all ought to just do that. You don't have to do it, but if you want, he put his hand over his mouth. God will shut you up real quick. When you get to seeing things from his perspective. And Job puts his hand over his mouth. He said, I've uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful, wonderful for me, which I did not know. You know, I think back in my life from years ago, and I think about why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't that happen? And you know what? As you spend time with God and years come and go and you look back at it now, I'm just like Job. Gotta watch that microphone there. I didn't understand it at the time. But I'm so glad God did what he did back then. I'm so glad the things that I wanted back then he didn't give me. I'm so glad it would have destroyed me. But I couldn't see it back then. I wanted it. Give me, give me, give me. I wanted it. There's a certain, I said this before, there's a certain girl back before I knew my wife. I, I, I was smitten, smote, smited. And I couldn't understand it. She didn't like me. I couldn't. I mean, she liked me. She didn't like me that way. I couldn't understand it. Broke my heart. Oh, I'm so glad that God did. I mean, it must have been the hand of God blinding her or something. Because I mean, look, she could have had me. But <laughs> but you know what? If I if I'd have got her, it would have been miserable. I'd have a miserable life. I'm not knocking her, I, but it had been miserable. And look what God had for me. Oh, let God pick your spouse. Let him do it. Let him do it and make you happy. Glory to God. So let's don't ask why, why, why. You know, the why, why, why. I know I'm a little long here, but why, why, why. You know what? A lot of times we'll understand later. And we'll be so glad God did what he did. And Job said, I was, I was talking about things, and, and God, when you got done talking, I, there were things going on here too, too wonderful for me uh, to, to understand. Listen to what Job said in the Message Bible here. God tell, uh, Job tells God, he said, I was muddying the water. That's what wise will do a lot of times. Ignorantly confusing the issue. Has anybody ever done that besides me? Second-guessing your purposes. Has anybody ever done that besides me? I babbled on about things far beyond me. Has anybody ever done that besides me and Job? Made small talk about wonders way over my head. You know the real lesson of the book of Job is this. We could say much about it. Here's the real lesson. What are we going to do when we don't know why? Are we still going to serve God? And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him and trust him. And you know what? Job was restored with twice as much as he had to begin with. goes back to what happened with that blind man. Look at what God can do. And he got twice as much. But you know the thing I learned also about Job is that the devil could come in and, and, and God allowed it. Why God allowed it? I, I, I don't know. Ultimately, I don't know. 
But you know one thing the devil couldn't take from Job? He, 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 he got in there, and his health, his wealth, his children, but his children. But you know one thing he couldn't take? I'm sure Job would have liked it if he had taken his wife. She was <laughs> cursed God and died. But you know what? One thing the devil couldn't get was Job's integrity. Jesus dying on the cross asked the question. He said, my God, my God. Huh? Why have you forsaken me? But not long. I wonder if has, have any of us ever been there. Why have you forsaken me? But you know what? It wasn't long after that. Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And it wasn't but three days in Jesus gloriously walking out of the tomb. Victory over death, hell, and the grave. Let's don't get caught up on the whys, but let's rather look at what God can do. Amen? Stand with me if you would. Amen? Praise God. Went a little long today, but it, it's all right. I believe it was okay. You got something good out of it. Amen. Praise God. Well, grab hands with the person next to you. Two things. First things first, and then we'll, we'll take care of the, these storms. Amen? First of all, if you're here today, heads bowed, eyes closed, you can be holding the hand of the person next to you. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, you've never, you've never repented of your sins and, and asked the Lord in, into your life, sold your life out to Him. I want to invite you to do that today. And so when we dismiss the service here in just a few minutes, if you've never made that decision for the Lord Jesus, there is a heaven above to shun. And there, uh, I'm sorry, there is a heaven above to obtain. There is a heaven above to obtain and there is a hell beneath to shun. I'll say that again because I mixed it up the first time. There is a heaven above to obtain. And there is a hell beneath to shun. The only way to shun or miss hell and make heaven, obtain heaven, you can't, you can't be good enough to do it. You can't earn it. All you can do is repent. That means turn from the old life you've been living and invite Jesus into your heart. Sell your life out to Him. That's how you miss hell and make heaven. That's how you get the life of God deposited into you. That's how you become born again. That's how you're empowered to live a life, victor, victorious life. So if you've never done that, or maybe you're here today and you did that one time, but you've grown cold in your walk with God and you'd like to get back fired up on fire for Him, when I dismiss the service, you walk to the front, talk to one of these nice men or women up here, and they'll pray with you. And they'll introduce you to, to Jesus. They'll pray with you and they'll get you back to where you need to be with Him. Not that they can do it, but through your repentance and faith and them directing you in prayer, you, we get the job done before you leave here today. Actually, the job's already been done. It was done at Calvary, death, burial, and resurrection. You just come in, up and tap into it. Amen. So don't leave here today if you're not born again, if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus. Amen. If there's any question at all in your heart about where you're going to go when you die, you come up and talk to these people and they'll help you with it. Amen. All right, now they say there's some storms headed our way.